Hello and welcome to the pod. It's us. It's us. Nice to see you. Third pod in a row. Same outfit, same look. But it's okay. Gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> but actually, this video with Kiki is totally fresh and new. Total. So, totally. The, so the intro outfits are the same because we're doing a little batchy situation. But the actual episode we did with Kiki, which you guys are here to listen to today, was done in person when she was yeah. in town. It was our first time meeting her. We've been working with Kiki for, what is it? Seven months Seven, now? eight months. Yeah. And first time meeting her. But feel like, you know, the work we've done together has been incredibly deep. Profound. And profound. Um, so I kind of felt like we already... We already knew each other very, very well, but it was it was really cool to see her in person. She's so beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> She's totally my type. Oh. I don't know what that is, but it's <laughs> I just find her to be enthralling. Like mm-hmm. when she ever when she was at camp, when she was at camp almost 30, her lipstick, her look, I just love the unique style. She's so powerful. She talks a lot about just speaking on that like glamour side. Like she talks about that, mm-hmm. how she uses glamour mm-hmm. and works with glamour in like her work. And I just thought that was so interesting. Like layers of beautiful, mm-hmm. like scarves or clothing or like the way she does her hair or the lipstick. It's very fascinating. Very intentional. I definitely do not think that. I know, God. That. I think about that all the time. <laughs> um, we were introduced to Kiki by Aaron Rose, our coach, and um, started working with Kiki about eight months ago. And also introduced Lacey to Kiki and Lacey had her on the show and Lacey's team got, did like a team healing. We've done a team healing with Kiki and I've recommended her to basically everyone. She's she's everybody that I know has basically seen Kiki. Yeah. One thing that like really stands out in our work with her for me was like, this come to awareness around protection. Like I never, ever, ever thought about (laughs) energetic protection before working with Kiki and just how important it is. Like even like before bed, just being so intentional around protecting myself, my space. And it's made such a difference, Mm -hmm. such a difference. Yeah, that was a totally radical concept almost. You know, she was introduced to us as a curse breaker, which is one of the things that she can do is curse breaking. But I, I've worked with a lot of healers and teachers, but I've never worked with someone that was doing active work in the realms. And now I work with Manuela as well, who also does active work in the realms. But for the most part, it was really people that were reading the energetics of people or situations or something like that. So to be working with someone like her where we had to really work on our protections for our business, for ourselves, and now I feel incredibly protected. Mm -hmm. And the feeling to describe what feeling protected feels like is I feel like there are things being thrown our way that we are actively missing right now. That, you know, situations that could be, we could be facing currently that we're not where we've had things come up and I'm like, oh, we were divinely protected to sort of miss that opportunity or miss that person or whatever it is. And it just feels like I'm safe. I feel mm-hmm. much safer um, since working with her. And yeah, I didn't realize that as well. It also just allows you to like be on purpose because I think sometimes when things feel a little bit leaky, I get very distracted. You know, you kind of feel it and you don't know what it is, whether it's like an energy or just something that seems to be draining you or like tapping into all that good, good in your own energy field. It's like, I get 
seemingly distracted, but it's really just kind of this drain. So like that protection has just helped me to like focus on what we want to do and how we want to serve instead of feeding into, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that that nonsense. And I we've worked on protections around our social media too, mm-hmm. which has been really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think just in general, like we can all do that because social social media is just a place where, you know, there's so much going on at all times and so much information and and energy. And I don't know. I think it's like a good practice to kind of like mm-hmm. protect that and also like encode your social media with some really... She was talking about like encoding it with colors and things like that and different symbols, things. So I just thought that eye. was really, really powerful. Yeah, that's why I have the evil eye in my profile. It's because she said to put an evil eye mm. to ward off... <laughs> What? This is the point in the in, in the intro where people are like, I'm either in or I'm 100 out. hundred fucking percent. <laughs> buckle, buckle up. Buckle we talk about like up. time not being real. Yep. This one is like very radical. If you are not on board, this one's very radical. Yeah. So, but we most got, of you guys are always thirsty for this. You guys are thirsty. You guys are thirsty for this. We have 400 other episodes. So, you know. Honestly, if you want to learn how to start a biz, we got you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, she recommended putting the evil eye on my thing because I had so many eyes at one point, you know, and at something also as, also as well that I didn't think about when you become a public figure or you are, yeah, just a public figure that you have eyes on you. And these eyes can be for your greatest good, positive, uplifting eyes. And then these eyes could also be jealous. They could be, you know, thinking ill of you. And so when we think about all the energy if thoughts are things and thoughts are creating our reality and people are continually thinking about you, sort of this energy that's created around people's thoughts, whether they're positive or negative or whatever, that's being directed towards you constantly. So from like a psychic perspective, you really have to either protect yourself from the eyes or the cords that people are trying to cord with you. I've also just gained such a respect for like freaking pop stars. Like think about Justin Bieber how many eyes of like little girls are thinking about like oh my how God. much they love him or they're upset, like love or hate. Yes. You know, there's just, there's there's this constant psychic energy that's being directed at you. And you really have to, that was something I just now take so seriously in that, you know, you're always, if people are always thinking about you, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking about us after camp, the most beautiful day ever, ever that we've ever had. But knowing that there was just a lot of energy from thousands of people around the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was we, exhausted. We, we were kind of like, we were like down for the count. So thinking about someone like Justin Bieber. I slept Bieber, all day Sunday. <laughs> I mean, we are Justin Bieber. Literally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we needed to be mindful about that and just clearing mm-hmm. and cutting those cords and that's just something healthy you can do with like even relationships that are like your most intimate mm-hmm. and and positive. It's like important that you yes. kind of cut it and come back to your own energy. Yeah. And um, Kiki's really cool too because she actually is one of the only people I know that's um, trained, like classically trained. She went to school for psychic oh, abilities yeah. in Delphi. I think mm-hmm. it's in um, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, mm-hmm. Delphi is like in the middle of Georgia. So she's been classically trained in like her psychic abilities in sort of what she does and she, you know, calls herself a witch. Mm-hmm. And when we did a workshop with her, you guys can find our workshop on our shop page about uh, psychic channeling. 
I asked her about the term witch. And, you know, I was like, why do people have this fear of witch? Or, or what are your thoughts on the usage of the term witch? And she says, you know, my teacher always says the intention of the witch is in her heart. And so basically, if the witch has a good intention, that power can be used for good. And if the witch has a bad intention, that power can be used for bad. And so that's sort of with anything, whether people are conscious of it or not. There's people that are actively using their witch powers unconsciously, you yeah. know, in realm. So I think that that was something too, where almost like the ter- the word God, almost like when we say God, it's so um, radioactive that people are like, oh, they're either like, oh my God, or yay, or there's just a feeling. With the word witch, there's that sort of same quality Definitely. too, where people are like, oh, you know, Definitely. they can kind of be scared of it, but- I think it's a term that sort of has had its power manipulated to keep it undercover or underground or people from being scared of it. Mm-hmm. People I guess, to be scared of it. I guess like the the negative connotation originates in like the the witch trials, like mm-hmm. that era. Mm-hmm. I'm asking, I guess, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But she is the most powerful, mm-hmm. positive, positively powerful witch we know. Um, and it's been really integral like to have her a part of this like team yes that we lean on as entrepreneurs we're doing this for the first time y'all and it's actually been so important that we have a coach that we have our healer that we have these containers every single month where we can go to you know do that work it's like you have to have that balance of like producing and progress but then also just like really tending to like each of us as individuals. Yeah. You know, it's, what is it? Dr. Danny for my physical. She mm-hmm. does my body work. Christina Weiss, my therapist. She's my mind work. Kiki's my spiritual realm work. Aaron's my spiritual realm. Yeah. Confidence work. Mm-hmm. Um, Manuela, Laura's my... Mo. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, I actually need a lot of help, you guys. <laughs> this is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but really, it's been profoundly transformational, especially to create this container with Kiki where we're working with her on a very regular basis. So that is to make sure our protections are right, tap in on any questions, and just make sure that we're serving our highest selves and then also to the spirit of almost 30. Yeah, You know, because when Lindsay and I were kind of tapped by the spirit of almost 30 with this idea, we're not like in full service to, to her or it or the idea, but it is really like an extension of our mission, mm-hmm. you know, for for the service of, the greater good. And it's like something that we can call on. Yes. And try to channel in those moments mm-hmm. where we feel like, oh boy, we just yes. need a little little extra support. Um, so I think you're going to love this one. Yeah, you guys are going to love it. It's on it. YouTube. So if you're not subscribed on YouTube, you can watch this interview and most others on on the tube. Um, yeah, grateful you're here. If, if Oh, I forgot. <laughs> we did mushrooms before this. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I popped a kin euphorics. Yep. Code almost 30. <laughs> and then she also was like, do you want some mushrooms? I was feeling good. I was feeling giggle pie so, after. So if we're a little <laughs> radical, it's because we, we popped mushrooms right before this. Yeah. We're like, time is an illusion. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I, it was so funny. She's like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, sure. And honestly, that's same. I don't know what that is about. I was like, sure. And just, we just did it. I loved when she was leaving because mm-hmm. the energy was so insane. insane. And it was almost as if she was floating out the door and she's like, bye. Yes. She's like, is this normal to feel this way in your guys' vortex? I'm like, it's it's actually facts that our 
interviews are a true vortex, yeah. but it, it's it's so, oh yeah. Oh my God. So for a little out there, <laughs> blame it on the mushrooms. <laughs> it was only a little bit. Yeah, it was only a tiny little, it was a little capsule of, mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever, I don't know. I, I, I'm notorious for just saying yes without asking what is actually, actually mm-hmm. in it. Thanks, Keeks. We Thanks, love you. Thanks, Keeks. Yeah, we love you. So she's Opulent Witch on Instagram and you can actually get the workshop we did with her on our website. It's almost30.com slash shop. Um, it was on psychic channeling and tarot. Yeah. All right, everybody. If you love this episode, share it with a friend. It means the world to us. That's how we grow. Um, and we will see you on the other side. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye. Enjoy. Um, I'm just going to just say a prayer for protection and clearness and clarity and just asking that there be um, like a beautiful fire of transmutation around any like eyes, any any just like static in the field, just asking it to be cleared and transmuted and the information that needs to be brought forward for the audience, for almost 30s audience, I just ask it to be brought forward with um, ease and grace and um, a energy of like, I'm hearing neutralness or like gentleness and just a really beautiful shift in consciousness and expansion. And I just ask for prayers of um, sovereignty and just say this container is like now gently fortified and protected. And so it is. And so, so it is. is. Let's do that collective reading. Shall we? Shall we? Yeah. We shall. <laughs> okay, let's do let's it. Do which, it. So which decks are we using? So I'm using the Rider Waite. Um, cool. And this one, I really like this one because it is the herbalist deck. Mm, cool. So it has, each card has an herbal correspondence cool. to it, which I really love. I love like layering the tarot mm-hmm. to different like astrology or herbal, you know, or like colors, you know, I love layering. So I'm using um, the Herbalist Tarot deck. And then I'm also going to use my Oracle deck, which um, is called the Living Altar. And this is a co-creation by myself and my co-creator and friend, Ilva Mara Rajasuski, is part of our ritual art project that we created starting three years ago. So um, I'm going to be using both decks. And just pulling forward, um, bringing forward any messages, any any guidance, any clarity for the collective at this time as we are starting this new year. Um, and just really bringing forward any kind of supportive guidance around what we need to know and what we can be doing and focusing on, um, whether it be this month or, you know, this year. And I'm also going to pull from my Oracle deck. So I'm going to combine the the two. I really love using both Oracle cards and tarot cards and kind of using them in ritual or in readings. And I think it really adds like a nice kind of added message or integration to the tarot. For people, do you say, do you have them connect with a deck that they feel called to? Or how do you how do you suggest people connect or find a deck that works for them? Yeah, um, there is this kind of old 
uh, I guess like, I don't know if you call it remedy or a um, kind of the saying in tarot that you should always have someone buy a deck for you. But it's actually rooted in like when decks were so expensive that people couldn't afford the deck. So they would have their like friends or family like purchase that deck for them. So I always say like, I think it's really nice to move um, towards a deck and you know, kind of resonate with the deck that you feel most called to, like the artwork or the energy or the imagery on the deck, I think is really important because the visual aspect is so much a part of tarot and oracle decks. And so it is really nice to receive a deck from someone else. And I have personally gotten decks from other people that I have used quite a bit. But then I've also purchased my own deck mm-hmm. where I'm like, I just love the artwork or like, I love the premise of this, you know? Yeah, love that. I had this one deck, it was gifted to me. I was like, guys, don't you think this is like negatively coded? Everyone was like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought all the but imagery was like negative. And they were like, no, you're crazy. I'm like, to me, it's negative. Some decks I just don't connect with. Same at it, all. It's all black. It had like Masonic yeah. tiles and shit on it. Mm. I was like, I don't like this. Okay, so I pulled some cards and I would love to talk about the tarot cards that I pulled first. I don't read in past, present, future just because time is fake and (laughs) nonlinear and is an illusion. So how I read is I read through psychic mediumship. So I work through channeling, I work through my psychic senses in conjunction with the um, traditional meanings of the cards. And the first card I pulled is the judgment card. I have a hard time with this card um, and been, you know, kind of working on my own relationship with this card for quite some time because of the imagery. It's very rooted in heavy Christian iconography and imagery. And so I often call this card the surrender card. Um, And I really see it as a chance and an opportunity to connect to the divine, to surrender to the divine, to surrender to higher power. So, you know, as we move into this next year and this, you know, begin this month that there is this really beautiful opportunity to fully let go and let, you know, spirit take the wheel. So I like to say, let your ancestors take the wheel and really let go um, that which you're still holding from this past year. I think this past year was really intense on multiple different levels. I don't think we're fully out of the image. Uh, the energy of 2020. And we still have so much work to do around that. But we can start to let go. We can start to release. We can um, start to really kind of surrender those those burdens to the divine. So if you're holding those burdens still that you were struggling, the challenge that you might have been struggling. I just want to name that there might be grief, there might be challenge that you're holding. It's important to start letting yourself and giving yourself permission to let go. And that's what I'm really seeing with the judgment card or surrender card. There's an image of a woman holding, um, well, in this case, it's golden seal on this card, holding it up to a trumpet in the sky. So I always see that trumpet as like your angels, your guides, your ancestors really looking down upon you and really um, kind of taking that heaviness on your heart from you. So I'm seeing this really beautiful heart opening from that release. And it moves right into the Ace of Swords, which is one of my favorite cards in the deck because the Aces are always a new beginning. 
They're always a fresh start. And the swords representing air, which we're moving into so much Aquarius. You know, we had the great conjunction on um, December 21st and um, it really being this beautiful opening into Aquarius. Ace of Swords represents that Aquarius. It really represents, I always call it cutting through the bullshit, cutting through illusion, really creating a expansion in your mind, in your consciousness, in your communication. We're really seeing a lot of innovation coming in, especially around communication. So I'm really seeing with the sword, the the herbal correspondence is um, chamomile on the card. So it's interesting because chamomile is a, it can be very soothing to the nervous system, it's calming. So I'm actually seeing that the sword is coming in to really bring a sense of soothing, a sense of um, comfort to the nervous system. Um, and we need it, honey. Mm-hmm. We do. And we need, that. we need that so much. Like there's so much healing around the nerves, mm-hmm. the nervous system on a somatic level. And there might be opportunity, you know, at this time for you to really speak your truth, speak what you need to say, speak your boundaries too. I'm hearing a lot around boundaries coming in. Ooh, psychic boundaries, you know, actual emotional boundaries Mm -hmm. and really um, that communication that needs to happen as well with the Ace of Swords. The next card I drew is the Seven of Cups. This is so interesting because it came through last week um, in a collective reading I did. The Seven of Cups is interesting because it can really speak to illusion. Things that can seem shiny, seem like a golden opportunity but there's something a little funny about it. So I'm really hearing with this card that this is a time to use discernment, really check in with yourself, see where discernment holds within you and where you can really um, anchor into your own truth. How do you connect to what you know to be true? You know, I always remember like a way to kind of connect to my heart is what do I know to be true? And it anchors me back in and it really kind of cuts through illusion or delusion or the idea of fantasy, I think can be come up in this card too, that like there can be a level of escapism, which Mm. I don't think escapism is necessarily bad. I think that it's actually quite healthy at times and that fantasy and imagination is beautiful and healthy and is a conduit for creativity. But when we get lost in it, that's where it can get uh, dicey or ungrounding. And we want to really connect back in to those spaces of anchoring into our sovereignty. The herbal correspondence on this card is juniper berries, which is really interesting because I use juniper in depossession work. So I use it as a tool of sovereignty. So I always remember like the medicine of this card is sovereignty. And then the oracle cards I drew are generosity and celebration. So um, I want to just name that this is going to be a time of we're still doing the work. You know, we're still in that tower energy of 2020 and we're still committed to that and that accountability of that. But I want to also bring in opportunity and a pathway of celebration, joy, and expansion and that being a space of healing 
as well. I think reclaiming joy, reclaiming your connection to celebration, I think is really important right now. So where do you have opportunity and space to celebrate yourself, celebrate how, how the work that you've done, and where can you bring in joy and play and, you know, that that level of just like laughter or, you know, kind of that inner child, that sense of inner child. And I was been thinking a lot lately about like, how do we connect to our inner teenager to mm-hmm. we talk a lot about the inner child, but this is also going to be a time of really connecting to that like rebellious spirit mm-hmm. of the inner teenager too. I love the inner teenager. <laughs> it's, it's a funny thing because it's like I try and like I was home recently and so I got mm. to see a bunch of pictures of myself, which was really helpful because I totally forget anything about, you know, a lot about my childhood. So I was like able to see pictures and it was really helpful. So I'm now able to use those pictures to remember mm. her and like speak to her and like be with her. And yeah, it was just so funny to read what I was saying and doing. And it's it was me. Like it was me in whatever I was doing. And it was just so interesting. That's so beautiful. I I feel like connecting to that, those, all of our younger selves Mm -hmm. is so important. There's so much around the inner child and like the inner kid, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think that there's something really potent about the inner teenager. Mm -hmm. There's a energy of catalyst too. Mm-hmm. And rebellion too. Rebellion, yes. reshaping and reimagining yes. your identity. How do you express yourself to the world? What does your essence want to be expressed at? And, you know, really forging a path that's your own, mm-hmm. I think is so um, powerful um, yes. when we, we connect to those younger selves. Yes. I also think there's something to, as an adult, expressing what you didn't get to express as Mm -hmm. a kid or a teenager. So if I'm thinking of myself as a teenager, I wasn't rebellious. But I think there's something to almost thinking about those moments where I either could have been wanted to be and like being able to transmute that now as an adult. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How can you be a rebel right now? How can I be a freaking rebel? How can you rebel right now? I think it's That's a good healthy. one. Push Tommy yeah, over in yes. the corner. <laughs> Literally just start being a bully. <laughs> I think it's important, especially in this time that we're in, we're needing to rebel and we're yeah. re- needing to almost retaliate against those systems. And question. Mm. It's exactly. like the questioning yeah. energy. Absolutely. And that's what really breaks through this illusion. Yes. That's what's going That's what I was thinking. Yes. And I was thinking of that. I was thinking of AI too. Mm-hmm. And like video games. Yeah. How it's almost like people, video game usage has been just on the rise exponentially since uh, we've been in a quarantine. And rightfully so, where so much is going on in the world, you want to escape and you're able to go into this beautifully vibrant, colorful, virtual reality of yeah. like, you know, cornucopia for the senses. And it's Mm -hmm. like, of course people are doing that when they feel so disconnected from everything that's going on. They're going to go into this like world, whether it's porn or whether it's like video games. Yeah. And I think there's also, you know, like I was speaking with like the seven of cups, there can be ways to um, bring in that level of fantasy in Mm -hmm. ways that like really invoke our imagination Mm -hmm. too. Like, so how can we like, route and, you know, connect to those pathways and those channels that's like 
invoking the imagination Mm -hmm. and creativity. I think there's a lot of opportunity for uh, creative channeling right now too. Mm -hmm. For sure. We need that. We need it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the questioning of the systems, the creativity channeling, but then the discernment of Mm -hmm. the... And also too, judgment. I also think that is for me more so discernment too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can judgment be a good thing? How can our own inner judgment be something that's of benefit to us? Absolutely. Yeah. And being able to recognize that, I think I'll speak for myself, but sometimes when I found myself in cycles of judgment, whether it's towards myself or other people, it's usually this energy of, I'm doing this on my own. Like, how, mm-hmm. like, it's like kind of projecting mm-hmm. and being like judgmental of others and how they might be doing it better yeah. or mm-hmm. whatever. And so mm. that card, where it is that energy of recognizing your divine guidance, your divine team, like being there always. I think people forget that they're not, it's Mm -hmm. corny to say. It's literally like in our branding of like, you're not alone, but it's like, you're also like divinely not alone ever. Yeah. And so you don't have to do this on your own. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also remembering our human that like mm-hmm. we're in a human form mm-hmm. and we can also call upon support from the invisible. Yeah. Granted, like be discerning about that, you know, know who you're working with. Mm. And that's another way we can bring in that discernment and questioning yes. and double checking, you know, and really connecting to our own sense of, yeah, judgment in a healthy way. But yeah, it's like remembering the human, remembering that we were human in this lifetime and that having a sense of compassion towards ourselves too, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. How can we discern between energies? Ooh. Ask those bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Triple check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I think like it's really important to... Um, really know who you're working with and having the psychic boundaries. And there's ways that you can do that. I really love setting containers. Um, I teach it when I work with like psychic channeling or teach tarot. I kind of go through my template of how to set a container. But basically what you're doing is creating your own energetic atmosphere. So you're deciding... Mm -hmm this comes in, this doesn't come in. You're creating that filter. And, you you know, I think it is a remembrance that we can have agency, we can have autonomy and we can, yeah, use our own judgment Mm -hmm. to say, you know, that actually doesn't feel right. That doesn't, there's something weird about that. Um, And seeing kind of what, where that resonates. And I think it's important to work with spirits and ancestors, um, and, you know, whatever deities that you're working with that you've developed and cultivated relationship with. So mm-hmm. I think having a slow cultivation is so important that you develop over time. That it's, you know, like any friendship mm-hmm. in this realm <laughs> that you can create a foundation together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that just takes time too and takes patience. and um, checking to see <laughs> some ways that you can do that are asking if those energies are sovereign mm-hmm. asking you know if they can be trusted seeing kind of where 
you feel that resonance of trust, whether it be in your body, whether it be psychically, and really just, yeah, I was a triple check. <laughs> Don't they say the devil speaks in half-truths? Yeah, well, something can, you know, it's so interesting. There's so much coming through around mm-hmm. illusion because something can seem in the spirit world, oh, I'm working with, you know, Mother Mary right now, but then turns out, you no. know, you triple check and then you're like, oh, that's, that's not. That's, that's Uncle Bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what's that? Like, and he's still drunk. Yeah, yeah. Literally. <laughs> exactly. And that's why it's so important Damn to it. say, <sighs> I call in the bright, sovereign, you know, helpful mm-hmm. spirits, ancestors, guides, if you work with galactic and celestial energies, then you can, you know, call in the most sovereign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to, you could ask them like the intention. Cause I feel like yeah. I've heard that they can't, well, they speak and have truths, but it's like, they can't lie. Is that true? You can ask them to like tell you <laughs> a joke or something or like, <laughs> so <tell> me, you <laughs> know, <laughs> who's your dad? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you related to? <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot coming through with that. And I feel, you know, as we ascend and like the darker agendas, um, the goal is to keep us from that ascension and from that connection to the divine. There's more conversation about aliens. Yeah. There's more conversation about deities and beings and archangels yeah. and, Mm-hmm. our ability to connect with them. And it's always like everyone has the opportunity and ability to, but that's what's so hard about it is because that's the opportunity that the negative agenda wants to depolarize positive people by being that person mm-hmm. that they connect with. So it yeah. can be a little funky sometimes. And so it's it's yeah. really good that everyone is finally connecting back with their soul fam. I think yeah. this year will be really powerful for that, mm-hmm. but it also provides opportunity for people to really leverage discernment, which is what we've been talking about, which is yeah. so hard. Discernment's so hard. Mm-hmm. It is a constant process. Constant. Yeah, we're constantly being asked to be discerning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working the topic of like working with spirits and working with energies, um, I think working with your true and powerful self, the part of you that mm-hmm. is you know, greater than beyond this realm is almost like the most important. I think if you're unsure, then, you know, connecting to your higher self, connecting to you, your true and powerful self, connecting to that part of you that is beyond, you Mm -hmm. know, that is connected to the divine, I think can be a pathway Mm -hmm. to that discernment as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like know yourself first. You know, like, because when you know yourself, then you're able to judge and gauge. Mm -hmm. And when you're always seeking outside, then you're never going to know yourself because you're seeking outside to tell you about yourself. No one else has power Mm -hmm. over you. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things like trying to grab our attention that it's hard to actually take time to like be with yourself without Mm -hmm. the stimulation of social media, TV, of this, of that. So, yeah. There's it's an actual practice and ritual to be able to do that. I fully agree. Yeah. For connecting with um, like higher frequency beings, say like ascended masters or, you know, Mother Mary or Jesus, do you have to be at a certain frequency level to be able to contact? Like as your frequency raises and your connection or your frequency raises, are you able to access higher frequency beings? Or are you able to be a low frequency being that could, you know, that seeks to be a high frequency being and connect with Jesus? 
I believe that there are so many different versions mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. those energies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of just coming back to that idea of discernment and cultivating relationship, I think that there can be ways in which you access, you know, a true and sovereign energy through one certain pathway or representation, Mm -hmm. or maybe even a way that you connect to ancestral deities through a certain version of a spirit or a deity. Um, And it doesn't necessarily mean it's like right or wrong. It's just how that is connected. And it's also just want to name that it's such a process Mm -hmm. as well of like maybe there's certain times in your practice that that is something that works and that resonates. But maybe, you know, the deeper you move into ancestral healing or ancestral connection, there's a a clear pathway that is revealed. Mm -hmm. Just even speaking to like Catholicism, like there's deities in Catholicism that I connect with because of my ancestry and connection to ancestors. But through that process, I've been able to work almost backwards or kind of work in this way that I, um, as I heal and as I work with ancestors, there's clear pathways that are revealed to kind of stem back or like kind of reach back further to those um, kind of the higher versions or, you know, even kind of dismantling an idea of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. It's just a truer version yeah. <laughs> of that, that so energy, true. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that would be like an example that I've worked through personally and um, also, yeah, seen others work through as well that like, that it's a process and that there can be new pathways that are mm-hmm. kind of created from working with certain versions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like kind of talking about the idea of multidimensionality that there could be so many different versions of like Mother Mary, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that like mm-hmm. there's all these different, <laughs> you know, aspects of her faces of her and that, that, that I think that that's where it's, you know, part of that process of kind of connecting back in Mm -hmm. to yeah yourself and your practice and like the deeper you go it's it starts to get kind of clearer Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we set the container you mentioned just protection from psychic attacks and I'd love to just you know for anyone that doesn't necessarily know what that means obviously it it has to do you know it it's (laughs) <laughs> the discernment <laughs> piece is so important, I think, in protecting yourself. But I would love to know what a psychic attack is, what it feels like, yeah, um, and how we can protect ourselves. So psychic attack is the idea that on an ethereal or energetic level that we... First, it's recognizing that we are powerful beings and that we have power through our thought, intention, and energy that is um, unseen, um, but it is felt. And we can create, (laughs) how do I word this? Like impact from our energy and our thoughts, our ideas, our beliefs, our narratives. And 
there is also aspects of projection, you know, as we know in like, you know, kind of more traditional psychology that projection or kind of intention can also create impact. And so to be on like the receiving end of psychic attack could feel like feeling disoriented, um, feeling dizzy. It can, you can feel it either physically or emotionally or, you know, psychically that there might be almost like a feeling. I've felt it in my, my head or in my mind that there's confusion, mm-hmm. that I can't stop thinking about a certain person, that there can be just this energy. Would that of, person be the person that's psychically attacking you? Oh, uh, it can be, or it could be an energy working through that person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also just, yeah, recognizing that like there are unseen dimensions and energies that we can be affected by and that can move through us. Mm. And even on just like a grander Mm. scale, like the systems of oppression can be working through someone or that there can be like these energies that are very broad or like universal or like kind of collective that can really kind of, I don't know, create these openings, impact to another. I mean, we can curse people even through our thoughts. And even if you didn't know, yeah, I think even just like if you're ruminating on something, like mm-hmm. I don't want to like freak anyone out or like, mm-hmm. you know, cause any sort of like stress around this. But, you know, I think it's just the reminder that we're very powerful beings and that we can create like a binding or, you know, curse is just an energetic binding. Mm. So um, it can create obstacle for another. Um, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be like a person that is psychically attacking, it can be like an institution Mm -hmm. or like a greater, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of broader kind of sense of a collective. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to work with psychic protections because first of all, we're not necessarily taught psychic boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so when we're working within our, if you're working, having a magical practice or a spiritual practice, you know, you're, you're really opening yourself to a lot of different energies. And so when we're working with magic, when we're working with energy work or tarot, you know, whatever your modality is, I think it's so important to create those boundaries. You know, psychic protections are just boundaries of saying, this does not come in to my energy field. This stays out. You know, I, you know, declare that this is a sovereign space, you know, however your words or your verbiage you want to, you know, work with that. But I think that, yeah, it's just this kind of claiming of your autonomy and your energetic autonomy mm-hmm. is what the most kind of important core, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. you know, remembrance is. Mm. I think we were talking before about some of the downloads you were getting about like the illusion, I guess. And we were talking about social media and how social media has so much static right now. Yeah. And how it's so hard to tell what's real and what's not. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to like expand on that and kind of talk about that. Yeah. I think I've been thinking so much about this as we're moving into Aquarian age. So much is moving into Aquarius that, and we're also in a position where 
um, we're in quarantine or isolation. And so I think that technology and social media is such a beautiful tool of community, mm-hmm. connection, expansion, and you know, the learning and growth. But it can also come, it's such a dimension in itself. Like yeah. It's like a portal, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so then there's also this other aspect of like static and just so much like, I, I don't even know how to <laughs> describe it, but I can see it as like illusion or mm-hmm. I guess glamour mm-hmm. um, it would be how I see it. It's, you know, those aspects of that seven of cups of like, okay, this looks really shiny. This looks really too good to be true. Or it's like when you're seeing someone on social media and you're like, whoa, their life is so amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like it's kind of like that energy of like, oh, okay, but we're not fully seeing the whole picture. There's, you know, something more behind it. And I think, you know, speaking to psychic protection and bringing that in and the fact that social media is a portal <laughs> is so important to protect ourselves when we're when we're interfacing or interacting and so that we can even dive deeper into working with it as a tool of community. And there's so much around spirituality and magic happening on social media right now. It's so inspiring. Mm. And I I want to have that continue this year and I think it will. And we also have to create those protections and bring in those tools of, Mm boundaries and like mm-hmm. really seeing that our social media is um it's so much of a, an expression it can be an expression of our essence and like our work and you know be a tool of information and education and then it's also kind of I see it as like protecting your home as well it's like how would you set up the protections in your home mm-hmm. well kind of transferring that over to your social media mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I got my evil eye on there. Yeah. Using mm-hmm. different little mm-hmm. yeah, symbols or sigils, codes, yes. um, filters mm-hmm. are so helpful. I like working with the elements mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. social media and just like really imagining like a beautiful fire kind of moving through or like air or even water mm-hmm. kind of moving mm-hmm. through my own social media and just kind of creating clearing as well. Mm. Yeah. I want to pivot to the nervous system. You mentioned that in in the poll. And I feel like there is something that, you know, if we want to pull in social media, I do feel kind of a nervous system response when I'm on social media. It could be really good and feel Mm -hmm. so connected and grounded. And then there are times when I feel almost like I it's like I plug into it so I can kind of vibrate mm-hmm. at like a certain frequency totally. that not, not necessarily is good. So I'm just curious, you know, what your experience has been, especially just this last year. I feel like our nervous systems have been, what feels like to me is like kind of pulled and stretched and yeah, freaking hung out to dry in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so how can we kind of reclaim Yeah our nervous systems. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you're sharing that because I feel like collectively there, I have been sensing a sense of exhaustion. Mm. Um, Yes. And I think that really wears 
on the nervous system. Um, also just speaking to social media and just my own personal kind of journey with it this last year, I w- was recognizing how I was getting dopamine hits yes, from my same. being on social media. And so I started <laughs> shifting and saying, <laughs> how can I be my own dopamine daddy? <laughs> and just <laughs> get my dopamine elsewhere. I'm so I don't need this supplier Legitly. to be my dopamine. That is your wow. merch. Yeah. Dopamine daddy. Da- dopamine daddy. Wow. We should make a podcast own. called Dopamine Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started kind of working on, okay, how, how, do, okay, I just want to preface this. I'm not a medical practitioner. No. <laughs> I, um, this is my own personal exploration and, and, you know, experience with this. But I started working um, natural kind of dopamine releases into my day. Cool. So like, I really mm. love being outside. Like I have to go outside in the morning when I'm having like my coffee or tea. So I was starting to replace, I started to replace kind of my social media morning yeah. fix <laughs> and just try, started to try to be really intentional about how I interact with it. And yeah, I think, you know, kind of speaking to the cards I pulled and that Ace of Swords with that the chamomile coming through, it feels like collectively we're needing an, a healing to our nervous system. Mm-hmm. Some folks more than others. Mm-hmm. And I just want to sure. like honor that, that there are some people that have been so impacted and um, impacted on so many levels who are in a deep place of survival mode at this time. And it feels like we all, a lot of us need that chamomile right now mm, and that mm-hmm. soothing and that that feeling of being held or soothed. Um, and also it's tricky because, you know, in tarot, we talk about how 2020 was the tower, the tower year. We're in the tower times. The, the tarot card of 2020 was actually the emperor. So it's a lot- Of 2020? 2020, mm. yeah. Was and the, the emperor? And the death card. And what's 2021? Uh, the Hierophant. Cool. Oh. Yeah. So um, I feel mm. like 2020 was a lot around like breaking down patriarchal mm-hmm. structures and dismantling structures that are really not working anymore, mm-hmm. questioning those structures mm-hmm. and really unraveling and creating like a, almost like a death process around it. The Hierophant is... Um, so much around, yeah, reclaiming agency and autonomy and our power and continuing to like rise into that. Granted, there's like obviously very much so much crossover um, and we're still working through those, those aspects of tower energy. But I think we can, you know, speaking to healing the nervous system or healing that, that sense of being held or comforted, we can really start to anchor in to mm-hmm. our own foundations, our own structures, and also help each other too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where that that energy of Aquarius comes in around community. Mm-hmm. We have to be there for each other this next year, even more so collective. We have to show up for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 100%. For, um, and I know when we did started doing work together this summer, we did a lot of work around like the narcissism grids. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it was like, 
is that it took us the first couple sessions to get to that. Mm. I think we had other grids that we were working through, but once we got to mm. the narcissism, mm-hmm. it felt like that was it. And so I want to talk a little bit about that and how that shows up online. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, you know, speaking to grids, the idea that, you know, really anything can have a grid. It's just, a, a, if you think about like, if you can kind of imagine a grid in your mind, there's this grid that holds it's a holder of information, mm-hmm. a holder of different characteristics or, you know, um, energies. And so there's so many different things that can have a grid. And I do think we can see that online. We can look to kind of how social media is behaving or expressing itself um, that can indicate what's happening within the quote unquote collective grids. Something, you know, that's coming to me right now is, um, and something I think about a lot is that the internet and technology have a spirit within itself Mm. and that those spirits can, they're not necessarily good or bad, like just neutral, but they can hold energies and kind of like be a channel Mm -hmm. for different energies as well. So something that I do regularly is cut cords with the spirits of the internet, cut cords Mm -hmm. with spirits of technology. So it isn't like an open gateway to those grids. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, either whether you're unplugging or cutting cords or dissolving cords, it doesn't necessarily have to be this full like hacking, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just coming back to discernment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) seeing how those are kind of seeping in, noticing where they are kind of showing up in kind of like, whether it be on your feed, whether it be kind of in what you're viewing or even, I mean, the algorithms Mm -hmm. are wild. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so trippy Mm -hmm. sometimes. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. how you're like, are you in my mind? Yeah. Yes, I know. Totally. Yes. Yeah. We always test that at home. We're always like, what did we say the other day? Justin said one word and then the next ads were like all serving us that thing. We're like, oh, I guess they heard us. And then there was one thing too. I said the word rose on one of my stories. Like I said the word rose and I had two people DM me. They're like, after watching your story, I got an ad for this rose thing. That's so weird. Whoa. It's uncanny Uh at times. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, sometimes I'm like, I am psychic and (laughs) I still have a hard time like understanding this. Like just going to name my human. Yes. Like, how is this showing up right now? Yes. It's like the ultimate mirror. But Mm. it was powerful for us to really do that because a lot of my trauma was with narcissism, experiencing narcissism in my life. So it was like so interesting that when we were going through you know, a difficult period that yeah. a lot of it was related to related to narcissism in the social media grids. Yeah. And how that shows up in like a myriad of ways. I think that also, yeah, it really shows up on social media. I see it in um, the idea of idol or celebrity mm-hmm. worship mm-hmm. and how that in itself is, I think, unnatural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's inorganic. Totally. Especially when it it's in the realm of spirituality mm-hmm. and magic. Mm-hmm. I think there's something beautiful about true worship mm-hmm. when you're worshiping 
a higher power or like mm-hmm. you're worshiping a deity that you connect with mm-hmm. and that we we can be conduits for the divine. Mm-hmm. So we can be expressions. Mm-hmm. We are expressions of the divine. But where I see it happening that's inorganic and it's so nuanced. I just want to yes. name that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That there can be something very... Um, and we've all participated in it, like self-serving or just this gratification. Yeah, it's so nuanced. It's mm-hmm. so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. figuring that out, but mm-hmm. I do see it and I see it in social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have do you have to protect yourself? I know you protect yourself, but mm-hmm. or when did you start to feel kind of that online where people might be either Worship is a really strong word, but just yeah. kind of like depending on what you do and your gifts. You know, like yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. it is that nuance of, and we experience, yeah. it's on a very like smaller level of like, you know, I think any entity, people can be like, oh, I yeah. want to depend on that. I want mm-hmm. to like totally. always go to that for the answers. Yeah. And um it kind of leaves like very little room for the human to poke through mm-hmm. because totally. then people are like disappointed. They're like, wait, what? Like they're worshiping a projection. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like and any, it could be positive until it's not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anytime you're put on a pedestal. Yes. Pedestal. That, that projection is going to crack. Mm-hmm. And we have to like, how many times, you know, has that happened? Like where I, I mean, <laughs> I got, just even naming, like I've, I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've, put other people on a pedestal where mm-hmm. they, I see them as like all knowing mm-hmm. or they have the answers I don't. Totally. Um, and I've experienced it from, from other people too, that um, there's a projection. We can, you can feel the energy of projection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And personally, when I start feeling that, I want to shatter it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's honestly the best thing that we can do. Yes. We're being pedestalized because it isn't healthy for anyone involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I always remember that I don't, <laughs> I have the tools and I'm a channel and I'm a conduit and um, I'm trained in what I do, but I can't give that to anyone else. Like, I can provide clarity, guidance, support, and a container for someone to be held in. But I always think we are our own best healers. We are our own best kind of guides or kind of authority. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're shifting into this Aquarian age of like we're really recognizing that because um, mm-hmm. we're seeing such a rise in the spiritual realm, in the magical realm, that there's so much coming online mm-hmm. <laughs> in all different ways um, around uh, people being healers or guides, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I think, yeah, just remembering that no one has like the authority to tell you what you should or should not do. You mm-hmm. know, they, people can give the tools. Like I can always give the tools. Like I'm, I do feel like I'm a wealth of tools or like, and always constantly learning. But um, yeah, I think with that energy of projection, it's like, I'm like, I want to shatter that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like until I was the recipient of a lot of projections, I never really understood 
a lot about, and this isn't me comparing myself to celebrity, but it's being a recipient of projections that when I understand why celebrities are so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in the real world, it's because every person they come up against, they're coming up against their projection, the projection self Mm -hmm. and how uncomfortable that may be. Yeah, You know, I remember meeting someone that was famous and a celebrity. And I remember not having a projection of them because they weren't someone that I idolized. And I remember this feeling of them feeling okay with me because I didn't have that, Mm -hmm. but the other person I was with did. And so they were uncomfortable with it. And I didn't, it wasn't because of my personality. It was more so I didn't have the projection that the other person had. And that must feel uncomfortable to be in a space where you're expected to be or live up to this projection, but that's not really you. And it's just, I was like, oh, wow, that's really powerful because that would be really Mm -hmm. hard, Mm. you know, to be in a space and be having to live into or be this projection. And just having like, just to build on that, like the projection of their photos, video, all these things online that are like, it's so layered. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's just very interesting where, yeah. Oftentimes when people meet celebrities, they're like, oh, they're different than what I would have thought. And that is the projection, but it's Mm -hmm. because of all the photo, video, this, that, articles that are projected out into what we're receiving. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And that, that, you know, just that remembrance too, that the social media and the internet is a whole portal in itself. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, I think about this all the time. Like, I'm like, we're, we have multiple, we have two different versions of ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's, why for me, at least, like I want to be so intentional and that, yeah, there's so many expectations that come along with those projections um, and those projections can hold our essence and just coming kind of full circle around to like psychic attack or siphoning that you can have your energy attacked even through your social media because Mm -hmm. your your photos, your video Mm -hmm. holds your essence. And like how important it is to like protect that essence or like pull your essence back, you know, mm-hmm. really connect to your mm-hmm. energy and have it be protected yeah. as well. Yeah, we had that. We had a really wily, tricky, negative energy that was after Lindsay and I at some time. And they were able to get through to us after being protected through a timeline that we had created in our heads mm-hmm. by thinking too wow. hard about a possibility of what could happen. If. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting because it's like, when we go to that place where we're thinking about the worst case scenario, the power of that thought and the power of that, you know, experience really allows things to continue to hold us back or whatever. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because that, yes. Wow. Sorry, I'm like having so many downloads from this because I'm like, yeah, there there can be kind of this opening to, it's like you're creating the energy. It's like, it's almost like what Mm. I see is like a weaving Mm -hmm. and you're weaving that story and that timeline. So then there's this intermingling of energies on a psychic level that then creates, it could create a cord. It could create Mm. just even a pathway or an opening, you know, but something I often see is cords. Mm -hmm. Cords can get created very easily. We can create chords with people even just through 
like thinking about them, you know? Sure. And that's, you know, just, yeah, that remember remembrance of like, we're so powerful. Like mm-hmm. we can create that. And also that there's also things that can be done about mm-hmm. it too. We mm-hmm. can, we can, you know, have practices and tools mm-hmm. that really bring us back mm-hmm. and create clearing, you know? And yeah, I feel like just having even just like compassion around it too, mm-hmm. that like, it's like yeah. we can create timelines, but then we can also like be like, oh no, I was actually like really excited about that, mm-hmm. you know? Or yes. like there can be just like so much energy behind something. And yep. it's like, mm-hmm. it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the ex- excitement energy, like that celebration energy that we that you pulled was, just stood out to me because I feel especially in 2020, just because of the nature of the year, I felt like there were so many moments where like it called for celebration, like just personally. Yeah. And like I couldn't, I couldn't. I just, there was shame, there was guilt around Mm -hmm. it because of like the collective like energy and connection. A lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. So I just like, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that yeah. dimming because I also think, you know, playing into that, mm-hmm. whether it's fear or I don't know, just kind of that stickiness just perpetuates it over and yeah. over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what would you say about that? Like reclaiming that joy and that celebration this coming year, even if there's yeah. like aesthetically or like on the news or whatever, you might not yeah. be able to see things that you can celebrate, but like yeah. just be able to do that in your own life because I think that's where it starts. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a reminder that joy and play can are just as valid healing modalities mm-hmm. as shadow work. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And damn true. There that while there's a time and place for that deep excavation, and we've been in that process as a collective, there's also, I think, a need to really cultivate joy, inspiration, play, imagination. Mm-hmm. And as collective or community, we can heal through that as well. Mm-hmm. However, we can connect to one another at this time too. Sure. Um, whether it be virtually or yeah, on social media, I think that the energy of celebration, when you're celebrating yourself, you're loving yourself. Mm-hmm. When you're celebrating yourself, you're in a space of, I feel worthy, I feel deserving. And that reminding ourselves too, and I've even been through my own personal process with this, that like I almost sometimes would feel guilty this last year Mm -hmm. for having moments of fun and joy and like humor. Mm -hmm. We have to find our pleasure where it's possible right now and pathways to pleasure are healing, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think, yeah, just even sharing, like I really had an amazing personal year this last Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And there was times that I was like, should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling so creative and mm-hmm. so expansive. And that just, I, I think what I kept coming back to was like, the 
the possibility for me to be creative right now and expansive mm-hmm. also allows me to show up better sure. to others. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we're in that frequency or that energy, then it actually like creates more collective healing mm-hmm. as well because it's a ripple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just as valid as the excavation work too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think it's also like what's true. You know, it's yeah. like you're lying to yourself if you're saying that you had the same year as someone else. Yeah. You know, it's like this isn't true for me. So it's like so much of that, it, you know, when people feel guilty or shameful about having a great year last year, it's yeah. like, if you're identifying or feeling guilt or shame about the collective experience, then yeah. you're denying yourself your truth. And also we are so multifaceted yes. that mm-hmm. we can also be in a space of grief yes. and deep compassion and also be experiencing personal joy. Yes, it's too. so true. Like, mm-hmm. um, like the joy of transformation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and... I th- it re- reminds me of the Ace of Cups mm-hmm. in the tarot where we can be in a space of deep healing and, you know, release or self-love even. And we can also be holding space for collective anger or grief mm-hmm. or even our own grief mm-hmm. as well. And sometimes they come at the same time. Totally. Too. Sometimes joy will almost like activate or mm-hmm. trigger a space of grief mm, as well. Yeah. So I think it's so nuanced. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah, I I feel like it's triggered like some, like, fa- like okay. There have been moments this past year where I've been so at peace and happy where I almost feel this grief for... Mm-hmm. like people in my family who have not experienced that yeah. to my knowledge. And it's like, I, then I slip into, or I just have this like purging of just like, not my tears, but their tears. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this weird transmuting of mm-hmm. their stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. And probably healing for your family too. Yeah, your for ancestors. sure. I mean, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but it's in the moment I'm like, what is this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it doesn't feel like mine, but it feels yeah. like my response well, responsibility is heavy, but like responsibility to move move it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about when I was like younger and I was in high school, thinking of the inner mm-hmm. teenager when like a part of my personality trait was to be depressed because I felt like that made me different. Mm. Where it was like, you know what I mean? Where like the identity was, <laughs> this is all bullshit. And like, what are we doing going to school? And you know, like parents don't understand us. And like, it was just like your personality was like <laughs> sadness because you thought mm. that was a differentiator in a world that seemed fake. And I just remember that thinking about that. I was like laughing at myself today. I was like, oh, that was like, such a hilarious <laughs> part of my life where I was like, this was what makes me unique is I'm not putting a fake smile on it. You know what it's I mean? Totally. It's like, I'm not being fake like everyone else. But I was thinking about um, in the collective experience and sort of like how we can have our own unique experience outside. It's been interesting too in my relationships, you know, to see how when I was in high school and then probably college, it was like for me to feel supported, you 
need to feel like I feel and I need, I will feel like you feel. So if you just, I will literally mm. feel your feelings with you. I will take on the energy of your feelings yeah. with you. And I was like, oh, this is support. I want them to feel like I feel. I want to feel like they feel. And then you get older and you're like, oh, actually that's not the support I'm looking for. And then you are like, have a period of like non sort of attachment to your experience. And now Mm -hmm. it's always like the support that I receive is just this like higher level version of the best possible outcome for whatever the experience or feeling is that I'm having. And the, the, the ability to witness, but not attach, not prescribe, not be a part of what's going on. And I think about that related to the collective. You know, it is our birthright to have the experience that we're having and be in truth with our experience that we're having rather than attachment Mm -hmm. to whatever collective narrative is being fed to us. And even with friendships, it's like, it is our birthright to be supported and seen and witnessed and not have people attached to prescribe or project on whatever experience we're trying to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Amen. Yeah. Feeling that. I'm here for that. And I feel like we're… I don't even know what I said. (laughs) No, I'm… Play back the tape. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, what I'm also really hearing is that, and from what you shared, is that we're going through an evolution Mm -hmm. of how we connect and how we relate to each other. And there, it does feel like there is something that is deeply healing in the realm of community, Mm -hmm. friendships, interpersonal dynamics that is becoming more connected, more, um, I don't know if pure is the right word, but more truthful Mm -hmm. and honest. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're coming into a place of being in a more right relationship with each other Mm. where we can hold kind of guard or, you know, kind of hold an anchor for someone else and their process mm-hmm. while not going fully into that energy. We can hold compassion, we can hold empathy, but we can also, yeah, like almost hold protection over mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier about time not existing and <laughs> I know there might be some people out there that are like, oh, no. what are you talking about? I just wanted to clarify like what that this means. This one I don't even get. This one's and, hard like, for me too. The timelines, yeah. the, the various <laughs> timelines that are happening all at once. And um, yeah, because it's fun. Like I think it once I fun. like started to understand or like still am understanding, but it becomes, I don't know, life becomes more fun. <laughs> Sometimes I think that yes, time is like part of the matrix. Yeah. Absolutely. Because... Okay. I see linear time as a tool of capitalism yeah. because capitalism thrives off linear time. Yes. It thrives. New year, off- new you, baby. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's nine to five. Nine to five. <laughs> it thrives. <Let's> <laughs> 40 hours a week. Off of that. Retire exactly. at this age. <laughs> Be able to get <laughs> benefits at this age. Exactly. And it thrives off, the, yeah, a work week, mm-hmm. a weekend, you know, that mm-hmm. cycle and so I think that <laughs> seeing it as inorganic, mm-hmm. seeing it as a tool of a supremacy, I think kind of even creates almost a zoom out of it, of like, oh, <laughs> there's something like bigger happening here. 
And I like working with time magic because I like to see time as a medium. So Mm. how I, like it's a substance, it's a medium, and I can also mess with it too. And I can work with it. Mm. And so something I love doing is like asking time to expand for me. Like when I'm working on a project that I'm, you know, really in and Mm. in that channel with, I will lose time. Like I'll, and how many times have we felt that, you know, when you're so immersed in like a creative project or something that you're super passionate about, those are those moments. And isn't it funny that those are those moments that time falls away Mm -hmm. just because you're in a deep space of channel and you're a deep space of connection to the divine. So you're getting kind of almost lifted out of um, that system too. If we want to talk about grids, like capitalism is a grid, you know, Mm -hmm. and part of that grid is um, time, you know, and, you know, I think with the aspect of like, there's multiple different timelines that are happening at all at once, there is possibility of like, you know, that's kind of into the top of of multidimensionality and that, you know, if there's multiple dimensions, then there's also possible timelines as well. Mm Yeah, we could really go down the rabbit hole. (laughs) I feel like with time, it's like, because if we think about it, you know, like you wake up in the morning, you're like, what time is it? That dictates Mm -hmm. how much, what I'm going to do, how much time do I have, whatever. And then you're working. You're like, okay, we have an hour for this. That dictates Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. And we're really slaves to time. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And I definitely have been like that for sure. Where I'm like- Scheduling. Scheduling insanely. Mm -hmm. And then it's also too, because it's, it's, contributing to capitalism. It's contributing to my productivity, Mm -hmm. to needing to feel productive, to needing to feel whatever, you know? And it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think when also you start kind of resisting or disrupting the binary that time exists in, then those, um, you, it's almost like, yeah, you start like disrupting and seeing like where, there's like this sense of, um, yeah, it's like almost like I see it as like a wall or Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're like, oh my God, everything I do, I don't have enough time. You know, it's like how many times have Mm -hmm. we been in those spaces of like time scarcity? Um, And I think when we kind of zoom out and kind of see it as a medium that we can work with and disrupt and fuck with, then we can also work with it in a, in a magical way too. Love that. Mm. Yeah, it's like a ingredient. It is, yeah. Ingredient. Yeah, we can really kind of cultivate our own relationship with time magic too. Cool. Yeah, I think we're so, we're so bound by that yes. time scarcity where we're unable mm-hmm. to fully express ourselves or mm-hmm. see our potential. I'm thinking like the first thing that came to mind was just hearing from a lot of, women especially over the last year of like losing time there's they are single and they yeah. feel like during you know covid and everything they can't be meeting people and yeah. they're losing time and just this yeah. like scarcity of what does that mean for me mm-hmm. and um yeah and i i can just imagine how that affects yeah. like how they show up you know to any need you get more time to yourself honey more T- take more to- goddamn bubble baths. <laughs> yeah. I mean, enjoy exactly. your damn self. Exactly. But they don't do that. Of course. You no, know, they. I just mean generally like they might not feel the inspiration to do that because they're so consumed by the fear of yeah. or totally. you know, the scarcity feeling. Totally. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's a mm. lot. I was thinking too about Justin and I were reflecting and I was kind of bummed about it, but we were reflecting about how fast 2020 was. And I was like, ugh, mm-hmm. I actually don't like when my years go by fast because then that means I was unconscious for more, off more than I was awake because the more awake that I am, the more I have a conscious remembrance of mm-hmm. who I am, what I'm doing, where I'm at. And I've found that the more that I do consciously or the more that I'm embodied, the longer things feel, the longer time feels. Mm. And, you know, when you're working in a corporate job or something like that, I remember working in the corporate world, it was like, what? It's winter? Mm-hmm. It's January? You yeah. know, you look up, you're like, what? It's fucking January? I literally look at Excel documents all day. Mm-hmm. And how, yeah, with conscious attention, mm-hmm. time could be a tool. And I think I'm going to really think about time lately. I think this is a really good um, conversation mm-hmm. about that. I want to talk about the dimensions. I know a lot of our listeners are curious about dimensions. They're curious about 5D because they've heard a lot Mm -hmm. about it. So I'd love to hear about your perspective if we are in currently 3D Mm -hmm. or if we are moving to 5D and why does 4D get skipped? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like, okay, this is great because I I wanted to talk about this anyways. Perfect. You know, how I see it is that there's, we there's so many different dimensions. We have our I at least for me, I'm like I can't even fathom mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. My brain we, we can't wrap <laughs> our heads around like how many dimensions there are. Right? Yes. We have worlds beyond, and I always see the fourth dimension as the spiritual. Mm-hmm. So it's our psychic senses. Mm-hmm. So we are all technically in the fourth dimension because, regardless, because I believe. If you're human, you have a sixth, a sixth or psychic sense. It's just like a muscle, mm-hmm. like you would use a physical muscle that it can be exercised and, you know, harnessed and um, exalted. Um, and I see the fifth dimension as a space of love. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like the energy of it is love, um, generosity, gratitude, integrity. So we can invoke that energy. We can invoke Mm. that container. So, you know, I think around the dimensional conversation, we shift in between different dimensions and timelines at any given moment. So I think that there's choice in it. I think that there's nuance in it. And, you know, it kind of really brings me back to the seven of cups too, where it's like, where is there still a, where is there illusion around the idea of mm-hmm. 5D? Yes. Where actually it's just a space within you mm-hmm. that is needing to be connected to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I see it as very heart-centered mm-hmm. and a space of heart truth. Mm-hmm. And that there's this possibility and always an opening around connection into that as well. You know, and yeah, I feel like there's this conversation too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So many of us are happening around the shift into the age of Aquarius Mm -hmm. and a shifting into air Mm -hmm. and a shifting into the Aquarian age. So it's like almost like everything's lifting out of earth and into the space of air. And so how I see air is actually an opening. You know, it's like, Mm. what are our relationships with air? You know, we can think about on an astrological level, an elemental level, but 
I see that age of Aquarius as so heart-centered and one of integrity, self-accountability, you know? So I really see it as just like a space within ourselves that we can really anchor Mm -hmm. into and connect to. Mm -hmm. And that sense of like psychic connection as well. For those psychic abilities, like what, how can people sharpen those, connect to those? And is there anything like kind of more obvious things that could be blocking them from connecting? Something I see as like the biggest block with clients is a, like a disbelief in themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like not believing that they are powerful, not believing that they're um, divine. Yes. And I think that connecting to the true and powerful self, higher self, whatever your word is for the greater part of you. Sometimes I move away from saying higher self because it, I like to also dismantle the hierarchy totally. of like, it doesn't even, it's not even higher totally. than us. Like, it's within us. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Christ within. Yeah. And it comes from the heart. Yeah. And I think connecting to that greater divine aspect of who you are is like the conduit for connecting mm-hmm. to your psychic senses. And I love a very clear creative visualization. (laughs) So I love visualizing um, when I'm clearing my psychic senses. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then it kind of brings into the conversation our clairs. Clairvoyance is the most talked about clairsense. It's our sight, inner sight. But we also have so many other clairs too that we can connect with. I think the most common one I see is the space between the throat and the heart. Mm is a big psychic center mm-hmm. and we can, we c- receive so much information mm-hmm. there and as well as the back of the heart. Mm. I'm always clearing to the back of my heart or like when I'm doing energy work for other people, I do quite a bit of clearing on the back of the heart. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, really connecting to our sovereignty, energetic sovereignty, I think is so important in this because what can block is other people's energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we can pick up energy when we go to the grocery store, when we're out in the world, when we're on social media. So just like doing regular clearing around your psychic kind of centers, I think mm-hmm. is so helpful. I really love just like kind of invoking like a gold energy and then kind of passing it through my psychic centers, just asking for clearing. Something I'll say is, I ask that any clear uh, any energies that is not in resonance with my true and powerful self be lifted, cleared, and taken to where it can be for the purpose of healing. And so I'll just kind of, we can do and layer these different tools to kind of create openings. And then noticing, I think noticing in a way that's neutral, I think is really helpful. Being like, what do I notice right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and being very neutral about it can be really helpful when we're developing our psychic abilities mm-hmm. of like, hmm, what does, <laughs> what does that feel like? Or like, mm-hmm. where do I notice it in my body? Mm-hmm. Where sure. do I notice it in my, um, my vision or my mind? And kind of working with a sense of like that discernment or noticing, mm-hmm. I think is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Also, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you can play some like fun games like with your friends like and it's fun mm-hmm. with psychics is what me and my friends used to call it <laughs> and like we like we do like work with Tara like be like what color am I thinking of and then you like 
bring in a color to the, your mind Whoa. and then you have your friend guess it. You can do shapes. So there's like mm. things that you can kind of cool. play with, kind That's of fun. talking that about that idea of play. Mm-hmm. There's ways that you can be really playful with kind of developing your psychic abilities. Love that. That's yeah. fun. Have a little psychic abilities party. <gasps> you and me. Yeah, with psychics. Oh, this was fun. this is the best. Thank you. So grateful. We're Truly. so grateful for you and working with you. And yeah, you've just like changed our life. We're excited. Oh, yes. excited for this year. I am so excited. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I was like. What am I? I'm just channeling now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Literally. Um, and where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Opulent Witch. And my website is www.opulentwitch.com. And then my oracle and ritual project is The Living Altar with my co-creator, uh, Ilva. Hey, love it. All right, we love you guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Kiki Robinson, baby. Share this with your favorite woo-woo friend (laughs) so you guys can have conversations about some of the things we talked about this on the pod. And we have tons of other amazing episodes about spirituality. If you guys are interested, they are also, you know, on the Almost 30 feet. Just make sure you are subscribed. Yeah, Kiki's Instagram is Opulent Witch. And then you can go to her website, opulentwitch.com to schedule a session. Uh, And then would love to thank our lovely sponsors for this episode. All brands that we love and use ourselves and are just so, so honored to share with you. Uprising Food, Saqqara, Function of Beauty, and Minted. So you can find the discounts in our show notes as well as on almost30.com, baby. See you guys soon. I love you very, very much. (laughs) See ya. See ya. Bye. (laughs) 